I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the 2018 MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 24 and preview of round 25. This episode is brought to you by the Goalkeeper Appreciation Society with current president Will Johnson, who always makes sure your keepers have enough time to get back. Uh, oh, wait, no, no. Um, I mean, actually brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the fantastic subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com. And tonight I'm joined by usual co-hosts, Mike Denton and Blaine Riffle. And then we'd also like to welcome our special guest, me, uh, me, Reed. I'm uh, not writing a picks article for MLS soccer this week because of the quick turnaround for round 25 starting, which we're going to mention multiple times tonight. So this week I will also be sharing my picks with everyone on the show and uh, usually with the chalkboard, which will be back this week. I was unavailable, not at my computer last week, so didn't get that posted. Sorry about that. Uh, but how are you guys doing? Doing well, doing well. Yeah, doing pretty well. Yes, Blaine, with your day off to spend time with your daughter and prepare for the show. Yeah, I actually got her to do a captain pick before the show tonight. Sweet. But we expect big things from you. I'm sorry. I was trying to turn off my phone, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure you just got something from Bobby Warshaw there in the background. <laughs> I He's probably been yelled at um, for you know saying refs should give red cards again. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, let's talk about round twenty-four. Uh, tell everyone how your scores turned out and what kind of value gain that you got. Let's start with you, Blaine. Yeah, seventy-seven points for the round. A little disappointing. I actually dropped in the overall standings for from week one. I think it was about seventy-five to hundred spots somewhere in there. But I added another 5.3 million to my squad with Zardes being the only one of my 11 players that didn't get the full 0.5. So I can't really complain there. Um, Reed shares my pain with doubling up on the Portland defense and getting a two and a three out of that. Yep. Um, and I actually thought about switching to Stefan and probably grabbing another um, defender when I saw that Mullins wasn't in the starting lineup and they'd gone back to Iguain and now I'm kicking myself for not making those changes but I, I'll take the money I've kind of prioritized value gain this first part of the season and I'm planning on keeping that going at least this next round Mike uh, I got 84 points which I was pretty happy with um, my big whiffs were uh, I had Valentin uh, and Leardom, so the Cascadia defenders didn't do out well for me. Um, my big hurt of the round, though, was uh, I had Higuain from Columbus. Really expected him to have a big uh, game with his return, and Houston having gone 120 minutes and being down three men from red cards, it didn't pan out. He only got three points. Somehow he also got included on the bench for Team of the Week, which just made me angrier. But... Um, <laughs> Thankfully, that was all saved by Lucho Acosta, who I did recommend, and one of my picks, you know, differential picks, actually panned out well. So, you're like, thank you. Um, so, 84 points that turned out to uh, 108.4 overall. So, I've basically gotten four million um, each time, um, which isn't the max. I know a lot of people, or I don't know about a lot, but some people are getting a 110, which kudos to them. But at least, I, you know, four million I think is pretty good. Um, trying to get some points along the way here. Yeah, I think if you're anywhere from that uh, four, not four, I guess eight after these two games, eight to 12 range, uh, I think you're doing pretty pretty solid, probably above the curve as far as your value gains right there. Um, I myself got 85 points this week. Just eat out, Mike, right there, sort of how we did. Uh, week rank, 770 overall. Overall rank, uh, 98. So back into the top 100 where I was just bumped out of, thanks to that Ibra uh, yellow card near the end uh, during the 
previous season. Uh, as Brian already said, uh, the double Portland defense did not do me anything this week. Uh, it, at some point, they were bound to lose it, but it, I was hoping it was going to be one more time against Vancouver, which hasn't always been great on the road, but that 15-game winless streak snapped first home loss of the season, so that was painful, five points, but I think equaled a million dollars in value gain, so I'll take it from Portland. Uh, like Mike said, I also had Acosta, and I was talking about him, I think, a couple weeks ago as well, and just how um, production had increased for him with Rooney, and Rooney's really helping a lot of those guys by taking off that pressure, and so he was the guy I was riding with. Um, I also had Higuain. Mike and I had pretty similar teams this week, I think, clearly based on based on our scores. Um, mm -hmm. Awful did well for me. I brought in Ship at the very end with uh, uh, a transfer after I saw Busio wasn't going to start for Sporting Kansas City, hoping that maybe some kind of crazy magic might happen with that Seattle game. But no, it didn't. Uh, but my player of the week, I was very happy for the first time of the year to have Mitch Hildebrandt on my team, uh, former FCC goalie, <laughs> as my, my bye keeper who helped my Zach Steffen keeperoo really pan out for me. And uh, it worked out. So 85 points, pretty solid. Average score for the round was 60. I think if you are someone who's trying to shoot for that top 200, maybe 300 players, you really wanted to have something more in the 75 to 80 range to try to either maintain or, or rise up. But some pretty solid scores for for a nice, nice, simple game week. But there's some things we definitely want to point out fantasy-wise before we move on to round 25. And Mike touched on a big one. Um, a few little questions around Columbus for me. They squeaked out that win against Houston when they were missing a couple of key defensive players, missing, of course, the, the offensive power and their coach. And I thought this was going to be a blowout. I think a lot of us did. And and it wasn't. Um, and, and that was, I mean, kudos to, to Houston. Maybe we should give them more credit than we're penalizing Columbus right there. But um, just something to keep in mind with that. These things aren't always going to go as you hope. Uh, Maram is back in Columbus. He came on for Agrella at the 60-minute mark. Keep that in mind when you're looking for your value picks and your starters. And then also Mullins replaced Higuain in the 75th minute after he didn't really do a whole lot coming back into the team right there. So some rotation options for you fantasy-wise, and then just some shock. Uh, did you guys both think that was going to be a blowout game? I did, yeah. And hindsight's twenty twenty, and I didn't really get to watch the game, but I'm going to go ahead and take a leap and say Houston probably bunkered a little more, just played a bit, a bit of a defensive game, weather the storm against a pretty high-powered um, Columbus offense when they get going. And that is known to happen when you're missing three starters like that, especially when you, I mean, you got a center back, one of your covering mids, and then your number one playmaker. And they had that open cup game too. That So a lot of people were considering the fatigue as well. Yeah. And that, that's what I thought. I, I thought, you know, regardless, uh, I mean, and Blaine, Blaine's absolutely right. Houston did play more defensively. Now it wasn't quite as bad of a low block as you'd see like Vancouver play, you know, where they're just have, they have no interest in crossing the center line. Houston was a little bit better than that, but still they played mostly defensively, but I mean, it was a pretty dull game there wasn't a whole lot of chances created on on either side and it certainly looked like a nil nil score and it would have been fair um un until the, the 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 goal at the end um I, yeah i mean you know columbus just has to learn to be able to do something other than be the defensive team and when they're when they're on the defense and responding to an offensive possession team uh they can look amazing hitting on the counter and i think miram will help them even more with that but um, th this was certainly a disappointment. I mean, th this would have been a disaster if they had not gotten all three points. Um, to have a team 120 minutes with a midweek game to not be able to get three points would have been a disaster. So good for them to actually get that win. Right, and that's and that's where my concern was with Columbus. You would hope with a lot of that talent they could break even a bunkering team down. But keep Zardis in mind. Uh, we often mention him. He has a great scoring record at home. Uh, all but, I think, two or maybe three games has he not scored a goal when he's been at home so he's he's a very solid home pick and he panned out again in stoppage time this week uh, moving on i want to mention chicago they've been struggling the transfer window is now closed free agents still have some time when they can can switch over but colorado chicago signed nobody 
absolutely nobody. So I don't see things really changing for them. For me, they're on a fantasy wash list of teams to avoid. Maybe if you have a home matchup against a team that's equally struggling or suffering from three cards and a coach being lost as well, uh, you might look at Chicago. But for me, a lot of their players are just do not touch right now. But Bradley Wright Phillips gets himself another goal on the road. This guy's just straight up great for fantasy. And uh, whenever he's back at home again next, I can't wait because I'm going to want him back in my team. Uh, let's go out to Colorado. Uh, Kellen Acosta has two goals and four assists since moving to Colorado. That's some great production that him being able to just roam around and be more free and actually play has helped out. Great for fantasy. <clears throat> he's a great value. Uh, 8.5 now, so he's risen a little bit, but still uh, for the production potential that he has, um, that's that's pretty pretty cheap. But just make sure that you're using him in the right situations because – Colorado is not this all-out baller attacking team uh, or even the defensive team that we remember them from in the past. And San Jose did have chances, but uh, the lone goal and their lone goal came from a, of a PK. So just keep that in mind. Great value, good production. Look for the right situations. Um, moving on, LAFC. Do you guys want to call this open cup <coughs> hangover? Yeah, Simon and Vela didn't start, so – uh, I mean, they went 120 minutes too. Had to come back from the heat in Houston. They were in New York the week before, so they had a long road. I mean, Blaine will talk about how good Sporting Kansas City is, and I'll, I'll let him go ahead and do that. But I'm not going to read too much into you know LAFC is in trouble now. I mean, they've had a bad string of results, but they've been kind of tougher games. So I'm I'm not too worried about it as well as you'll see in my picks. <laughs> Yeah, the, I mean, some credit has to go to Sporting for just going in there and taking the game to them. But when you're not starting your two prime center backs in Zimmerman and Simon, and you've got a couple of key playmakers, and I know you guys you guys heard me last week, I went with a 2-0 or a 2-1 scoreline prediction on it in favor of L.A., and I said run blessing down the wing and exploit that defense. And when he came on, that's what exactly what he did. I mean, he got behind Opara a couple of times. Uh, looked really good. Uh, there was one shot off the post that Melia would have had no chance at. It just went enough wide. I mean, there was some lucky breaks for Kansas City, some really good defensive scrambles from Opara, who looked like the defender of the year finally. <laughs> but, I mean, it was just a combination of a couple of things. Kansas City played one of their better games they have all season, especially defensively, and then missing that many players for LAFC. So don't read too much into it on that one. Um Mike's going to talk about his picks, and I'm probably right there with him on a lot of the LAFC players this week. Uh, no hangover. I wouldn't read too much into it. Yeah, because uh, I, yeah, I don't think we talked about Nemeth being back. Um, what do you think that's going to change for him? Um, well, I would have said he's going to get fitness back and then be right in there to play the number nine. But we saw what Diego Rubio could do this time with the start, and that's the first time he's put up a goal or an assist on the start he's had a couple this season he's been kind of the super sub role um we're gonna with nemeth just wait and see if rubio keeps playing well nemeth is not going to be in the starting lineup as often um, but if rubio doesn't start putting in some goals as a starter i expect to see nemeth sooner rather than later all right sticking with la uh, LA Galaxy versus Minnesota. Another game I thought was going to be pretty high scoring. Uh, both of these teams have uh, a rough defensive history and some pretty solid strikers up front right now. And uh, both of these big score goal scorers score words are hard. Both of these big goal scorers uh, were having to settle for assists in this game. Uh, Mike pointed out before the show started that that uh, Zlatan was still generating bonus points, and that's always nice to see from a forward, right, Mike? Yeah, I mean, I think that makes you that differentiate from a premium forward. I mean, we talked earlier about Zardes, and he's good at home, but Zardes is very much a feast or famine kind of striker. I mean, if before that, he only got six points on the week, so if he doesn't get the goal, he would have had one point um, because he wasn't generating a whole lot of shots and he got a yellow card. Um, whereas Zlatan and some of the other forwards, you know, like David Villa, they managed to do enough work as far as generating shots and chances and passes where they can get you bonus points. So even if they don't get you a goal, they may get you an assist and or enough bonus points where you're not just totally left on an island. Um, 
I mean, for me, the big issue in this game was LA's uh, injuries. They lost uh, Alessandrini, uh, I think, at 24 minutes, and and then Giovanni Dos Santos had to come off at halftime. Um, so they were kind of a little short on subs, which in the middle of the summer, everyone's kind of hot and tired is is never good. But I really think it hurts Zlatan because of how good they he and Alessandrini have really linked up. If you've kind of paid attention to their goals, there's been a lot of Zlatan to Alessandrini or vice versa for goals. And so I think it really kind of hurt them going down the stretch to not have them and we all know how bad their defense is. So I, I think that was kind of a big issue in this game for them. But one of those subs did really pay off for them. So fantasy-wise, uh, Leggett came in for Giovanni <clears throat> Dos Santos, and uh, he got a goal that helped them keep that draw right there. So keep an eye on him, especially if GDS is going to be out for a little bit. You may see Leggett slipping right <laughs> back in. And this is the best result that he's had since he's come back from injury himself. So yeah. And I, I hope he gets some more time because, I mean, we haven't really seen him get back into the first team since he came yeah, back from fantastic. the ACL injury. And he was so good last year. Uh, Blaine and I already mentioned the heartache that happened in Portland. Uh, basically, Vancouver did on last Saturday what they failed to do in the Canadian Cup against Toronto, and that was hold on to a one-goal lead. Um so congrats to Vancouver for doing that. Uh, snaps Portland's unbeaten streak, as we mentioned, um, and their first home game loss. So the, an unexpected fantasy result, but we knew that that run couldn't last, and I was really disappointed when I saw that pop up on my phone. Just hmm, not good. Uh, but still, as we already mentioned, the Portland players still had value gain, so they still have fantasy value going forward for at least another few rounds if they do fall into a slump, which we'll talk more about in our game breakdowns yeah and finally, I think they'll be okay oh, or maybe we could talk about it in the breakdowns but I, th I think they'll be okay i don't think many of the teams uh, are going to bunker the way that vancouver does no, no i agree i mean we can mention it quickly now yeah. i mean I, yeah i think that was a result vancouver is going to be playing again in their next canadian game so clearly they didn't want to go too all out but it is cascadia so you have to represent somewhat so yeah i don't think we have to worry about portland uh, but I'll get to the game that I know everybody wants to talk about. Maybe you guys listening are sick of hearing about, but we're going to talk about DC right now because, man, Mike, that pick, that recommendation was great. Acosta did well. And that tackle from Rooney, oh, vicious. <laughs> yeah, it, it was as vicious and, and as awesome as Will Johnson's decision not to pass was awful and horrific. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to tell I you, mean, what I loved even more was after Rooney – so he makes that run – which I'm pretty sure, like he hit that turbo button and it was gone by the time he got all the way down there, makes that tackle, stands up, gets the ball, and is like, crap. And you can see it was like molasses just oozing over the field as he was trying to run and trying to run. And so he just, I think, fell back to those classic English national team days and just did a little bit of boot and scoot up there to uh, Acosta, and, and there it went for that goal. I can say that because – all of our English friends are back to playing FPL and probably not listening anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, love... we can just bash it and get all we want now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that play, and I told you guys before the show, and I have to bring it up. Um, it, as great as Rooney did, and that whole sequence, as fantastic as that was, it's not anywhere close to the other takeaway I've got from that. And that's Ousted being in the box in the 95th minute looking to score a goal, and they played it into him. Um, they're only 20 games into their season right now. They've got 14 games left, and they're throwing it forward at the end to get those extra two points. They could have easily just sat back, taken the one point, and gone home. They've got five games in hand against most of the teams that they're coming up against trying to get to the, get to the playoff line think they're nine points out of a playoff spot with five in hand, three and four in hand against some of the other teams. But Montreal is really that team that they're going to be looking to pick off there, maybe Philadelphia. And they're throwing it forward. And I don't know if this is Ben Olsen, if this is the crowd, if this is something else, if it's the new stadium and everything coming together. But I'm impressed. I'm excited to see DC throwing everything at these games at the end. Um, I think this is going to be really good for the league. And I think DC really wants to get this done, which will translate to some fantasy points. If the fans, if the coach, if the players are all behind this type of push and they're going to make a playoff push in these last 14 games with a lot of them being at home, the fantasy yeah. value here is going to go through the roof. 
I mean, there's just a there. You can't score a goal like that without some belief that you can make the playoffs at this point. And I think that's just going to bleed into the whole team. And I've been really high on the DC attack anyway. And I think that's just going to make it even better. And then I, sorry to ramble on, but I think we've also got to highlight that Bill Hamid is back. And Austin didn't look the greatest this week, but Hamid's an old fan favorite. wasn't getting the playing time he wanted in Europe. So he's on loan here to finish out the season at least and get some playing time. So I would imagine that as soon as he's match fit, he's going to be back out there. And that's just a crowd favorite coming back into the lineup. I mean, this could bode really well for DC fans in general and for our fantasy players if they turn this all around. And you have yeah, to I wonder, maybe that's why he was up so far, hoping to set himself apart from Bill Hamid, who is soon to be amongst us. Yeah, I think the broadcast was expecting Hamid to start uh, Wednesday, um, which was something we'll, we'll talk about. And I mean, Blaine's absolutely right. Osted did not look very good in goal. Uh, I think the first of uh, Orlando's goals, I thought I could have done a lot better on. Uh, and certainly we know what kind of shot stopper Hamid is, so I, I would expect um, Hamid to come in there and just take the job outright, barring injury. So I think this is the last of Osted's value goalkeeper, um, which is painful for keeper ruse, but so it goes. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, if you look at the playoff situation in the East, really everyone outside of Chicago um, can probably make themselves an argument that if they get into um, if they get hot, they can push up. I mean, DC has so many games in hand they could do it the question is whether or not whether or not they can handle just so many games that they have to make up having so many games at hand is both a blessing and a curse when you're down there because you really have to win them uh, and you have to you can't really rotate a whole lot so but that's good for fantasy players because we know pretty much who we're going to get except for maybe Rooney um, because they can't afford to bench players at this point right and if, I want to mention also Assad before we move on into our housekeeping he did get the second assist for Acosta uh, a fantastic player all season. My one beef with him right now is I feel like he's just too expensive at this point of uh, the fall season to really make him a, val- a viable go-to. He's 10.1 um, there in the midfield when you have people like Stiber at 8.7, you have uh, Acosta at, at 9, and even from time to time, uh, Ariola at 8.1. I feel like you have some some lower value players or lower price players that can get some production. Uh, that being said, Assad is great. So once you get a few more dollars, he might be a good one if you want to double up on a DC midfield at some time. All right. Well, let's get into our housekeeping. As already mentioned at the top of the show, this is a double game week and it starts on Tuesday. Yeah. You, you heard me. If you're listening right now on Monday evening, tomorrow or an hour, whenever I get this edited and posted Tuesday <laughs> game start, that is August the 14th, and we start out with L.A. versus Colorado. And I'm pretty sure this is a makeup game from some other time. Um, I don't remember. No, it, it got it got moved because of San Diego uh, Charger preseason and StubHub. There we go. There we go. <laughs> That's how the um, But it's really screwing with everything. So do not miss your, your game day this week. Good news, if you do miss the Tuesday lockout, Thanks for listening to this podcast if you did. Um, But you can still make a lot of moves with the players that are going to be available Wednesday going forward. So Tuesday and Wednesday we have games and then later in the week. So don't miss out on setting your players if you want L.A. Galaxy and Colorado players. And I think you might. So the double game week teams that we have, D.C. United, LAFC, Portland Timbers, Real Salt Lake, L.A. Galaxy, and Colorado, as we just talked about. Two of these teams have a double home game. That is DC United and LAFC. And three of these teams have a double away game, including Portland, Real Salt Lake, and Colorado. So if you like to play those home and away matches, those are the players you want to maybe avoid, or you might be taking a risk on if you want to try to get them on the road. There is one team on a bye, and that is Orlando, which I'm pretty sure they're happy to have a bye this week. So <laughs> you need to have players for your switcheroos, your keeperoos, anything you want to do a roo, then you're going to look to Portland or to uh, Orlando as that team. And they've got a lot of value players to really make that work for you. Canadian championship happens on August 15th. So that is Wednesday and that's going to be Toronto and Vancouver squaring off again. I believe this one is home in Toronto and it should be 
pretty exciting. Uh, I know I don't think Vancouver has won the championship, or if they have, it's only only one. It's uh, their I think they're the new ones. I think Montreal has the most than Toronto and then Vancouver. Uh, so expect this game to be pretty tough. I think both teams will really want to get this, um, and it may impact how they play this week if you're going with some of those single game week teams. Patreon. Uh, we don't have a Patreon guest this week, but we are going to have our final Patreon guest next week uh, as part of our top donors. Thank you so much, guys, for doing that, and thank you so much for being so patient with me all this season. I've had a lot of trouble with the sticker art with the resolution and the new design with the hand holding the, the red card. So I think I'm going to have to go back to the old design with just a shield, but I, I've got an idea I think might work that I think people will, will like. Um, so I'm hoping to get that. And uh, once I get that placed, I'm going to go ahead and just get a crap ton of those free U.S. Postal Service boxes and go ahead and get everything else packed up as far as the mugs and scarves go, because you guys are awesome and I've waited too long, and you're so patient, and I'm getting that out to you. Uh, what is Patreon, and what are these guys being so patient about? Uh, it's it's the way that people who listen to this show can give back and just help this community grow and be fun. It, it helps fund our web hosting. It helps fund our, our SoundCloud fees as well that we have for getting our podcast out there. And it helps fund the prizes that we're going to be giving out. I'm going to talk about more when I tell you who won the league later on. Um, so it's, it's just such a great way to interact with our community and it's so blessed we feel so blessed as well that people are willing to want to contribute to help make this product which we enjoy so much doing if you want to find out more about patreon and how to get involved head over to patreon.com that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash m-l-s-f-i and now mike's injury news all right uh diamande had a hamstring issue which is why he missed the open cup and um, last week's game, um, I'm not sure if there's a timetable yet. Uh, we'll see about uh, when he comes back. Uh, Mavinga for TFC, he got hit with an extra game ban um, for his uh, red card in Atlanta. So not only did he miss this past weekend, but he also missed uh, this week's game. Uh, let's see. We have some red cards. Salinas for San Jose uh, received a red card. Calvo for Minnesota received a late red card. Um, not sure if either of those are going to get any additional time. Um, Josie Altador may get some additional time um, with his kick out, um, you know, for the violent play. Uh, we'll see what Disco wants to do about that. Uh, Higuita got a, a red card um, for his elbow uh, at the Orlando match, so he'll miss two weeks from now against Orlando. Not the best time to be missing a defensive midfielder. Uh, and then uh, in the, one of the more controversial red cards of the weekend, Ziegler got a red card. Um, there was a lot of discussion about whether or not um, that would be reversed and whether or not Rudiaz would get a red card as well, since he pretty clearly had a headbutt oh, yeah. that started it all. Um, we'll see what Disco wants to do with that. So just kind of be aware about that if you're planning on any of those. Uh, and then the big injuries of this week um, were both from LA Galaxy. Um, Giovanni Dos Santos came off the left leg string at halftime, and then Alessandrini came off of the 24th minute. Um, both of them, were, I think, were supposed to be getting an MRI today, but they have not released um, what that timetable is. Uh, it didn't seem good for Alessandrini. I, I would expect both of these players to miss both games this week. And that's it. All right, Mike, thank you so much. Now let's move on to our round 25 preview, starting with our double game week teams. But first, guys, before we get it too far into it, a quick question from Reddit from Cam Footy. Uh, start with you, Mike. Do you think players, simple yes or no, probably can go with this. Uh, should players switch their focus from price to point gains for the double game week? I'm going to say yes. Um, in, in general, I, I think – you. In general, I think you can do both this week because, I mean, I think the good thing is a lot of these players have had really good weeks coming into this where you're not deciding between a few except for maybe some of the LAFC players, which we'll talk about. Um, I, I think it's kind of hard to prioritize um, prices in a week where you have a double game week because if you really do that, I think you might be hurting yourself um, significantly. You just won't be able to catch up. Um, that's why you kind of had to do the price increases these past two weeks you, to to make sure that you built it up. So 
I think in general it's time to start focusing on points because, I mean, we only have like seven weeks left. Um, and, I mean, really the good players this week for the double game weeks are also a lot of the players you're going to want to target for prices anyway. So, Blaine? Uh, I've already said I'm playing the value game one more week. I think this double game week, if you work it right, can be a big difference maker. Let's take that four. Let's take that four to five million upper end. I've been north of five every week. Mike's been getting four. If Mike's current picks hold, he's gonna get maybe eight million on the week, and I'll get another ten. I mean, that could be. I mean, I could spread the gap to an extra four or five million, and that's the difference between one or two extra premium players on the team. So I am going to be playing the value game a little bit more, but I think Mike's right. Um, at this point, we know who's playing well. We know who we know what the teams are doing. The second half of the season is always easier to predict. I mean, yeah, we miss one with the Portland game every now and then, but the trends are there. We've seen them and my team is built for value, but I don't, I don't have any doubts that I'm going to be able to put up a competitive score. I may not be in that top 300, 400 for the game week. I mean, I may, I'm, if I hold position in the overall, I'll be happy. I'm still in the top 300, but I think my value is at a spot where I can really surge in those last few weeks when the matchups hit. So I say play the value game one more week. With the double with the double rise, you have a potential to really separate your money value from every other player in the game. Is there a double rise? I thought it only rose once. You don't get like a mil- You don't get like a full one point zero. You can only get a point five rise per player, right? I thought they were doing it per game, but I may be wrong. No, it's a per week. Per it's week. a per week. Well, still, I'm playing the money game. <clears throat> Which, I mean, to, to me, that, that actually kind of helps you a little bit because if you're playing double game week players, you're not as beholden because you might get two rounds. So, for instance, talking about Vela um, and Simon, who I think came on as subs, if, if I'm remembering correctly, you know, if you only had one game to, to get that price rise, you might get really hurt by the fact that they had that one. But they're going to have two entries to put up points. So if you think they're going to do well in those two games – you're not as worried about a price decrease because they're going to have two games to basically try to wipe that away. Yeah. So what happens with the players, I believe, and now I could be reading this wrong, um, but uh, every game the player plays is taken into account in the calculation of their price with a sliding scale. So what I believe that means is that there's two chances for them to have that be impacted during a double, double game week. So, um, that could be good, could be bad, right. but they it's essentially the algorithm only runs once, right? I and five I mean. is the maximum, so you'll probably get like a halfway. I don't know if you get a halfway point, I've never actually checked the players halfway through, I always wait till the end. But, um, but you just have that combination of those two games is going to impact that three and five game average. Mm-hmm. Uh, for myself, I'm, I'm more with you, Mike. Mm-hmm. I, I think that this game week does offer a lot of options that should make it fairly easy uh, to to pick a pretty good team that can both change point chase points and value so uh, that's where we all fall so Blaine let's start out with a double game week LA Galaxy uh, starts out versus Colorado and then at Seattle yeah this is a interesting game week matchups especially with the potential injuries there if Alessandrini is not healthy for this um, that could be really disastrous for their offense. He has been kind of a spark lately for this team. But if he's not there, that means Laton is a must-own player this week because the entire offense will probably run through him. Um, I'm going to do this whole prediction from the uh, from the viewpoint that Alessandrini is actually hurt and probably won't be there for the double game week. Uh, that puts Laton as my number one pick out of this t- on this team. Um, I don't think you can look anywhere in the defense at all for this week. Uh, Colorado with Acosta has really turned it around offensively, and the LA defense is not that good. I ex- I don't expect them to keep a clean sheet in either one of these. I think it's a dangerous pick if you try to follow them for the double game week because they go to Seattle, and if Rui Diaz is out, Will Bruins right there to step in. And either one of those guys can score goals for Seattle, especially against this L.A. defense. Um, Only other name I would throw out there that I'm really looking at this week is Jonathan Dos Santos. Um, 
9.5. He's been putting up some decent numbers. He should be prepped for the price rise again this week. And I think just the way he plays, he's going to get you some solid bonus points. He may not be your biggest scoring potential player this week, but I think he's a lock for your full money gain. And so he's kind of that best of both worlds. He'll keep you competitive without without a lot of risk and will get you the money that I'm looking for this week. Yeah, I made some notes uh, for each of these teams as players with likely price rises before the show started. And uh, yes, definitely Zlatan and JDS. I'm going to also add question mark Legette to that list. If he does come in and has some good production, if, that, that if may bump starts, up his three-game average enough to give him a maybe maybe a two or three, maybe not the full five, but could he could see yeah. some, some rise. Yeah, if Legette starts the first game, I would be tempted to grab him at his price. I can't remember what he's at right at the moment. Let me Seven. pull him up. Seven. Yeah, especially at that price because he's got that goal now and is going to be in the three-game average. If he starts that first game, he is almost guaranteed to get that price rise. I just worry about the rotation with him and Pontius and Kitchen and a couple other guys that are there. I just I I don't expect the full 120 out of him, and I think you'll get that from both Laton and JDS this week. Uh, moving on to Colorado at LA Galaxy and then at LAFC. Um, I've got this game. So general thoughts right here for me, not the greatest road combination for Colorado, but hey, it, at least they don't have to travel that far, do they? Just <laughs> one trip down to LA and, and there you go. Um, LA Galaxy probably offers the best chance for points from Colorado on the offensive side, but this is a revenge game. For, for Galaxy now that they've got Zlatan against Colorado again. So he missed that game last time because of the All-Star game that he uh, was not able to attend. Um, but there's still a couple of players, I think, uh, that you want to consider. Defensively, Colorado kind of middle of the road, getting about two goals per game. So not a lot of options, but I think that Castillo might be one to look at. He's gotten two assists over his last two games. A couple of assists earlier in the year. He's got a nice three and five game average, so I think he's good for a price rise, even if he doesn't do very well. Uh, Seven million though does make him a tad expensive, depending on your points. And then, of course, as Blaine already mentioned, uh, Acosta is one. I think that uh, the weakness of LA Galaxy's defense uh, could help him pay off in this game again. Eight point five million. Pretty reasonably priced midfielder there. When they go play LAFC, they may not have as many of these positive results. Their defense is better at home, especially with their A lineup back there starting out. So uh, I think you can get one pretty decent game out of Colorado right there. Most of their starters should be pretty decent for 120 minutes. Uh, don't expect a lot of rotation, especially since their second <laughs> game is in the same city that they're in. Other people likely to rise if, for some reason, you want to go crazy with Colorado. I think also Price and then maybe Tommy Smith on defense. And um, technically, I think points-wise, Howard could rise, but I don't know. I don't think they'll have clean sheets this week or maybe maybe one. Um, heck no. They, they won't have any clean sheets this week, so I wouldn't even look at Howard. So Castillo, Acosta, maybe Price as guys who could potentially rise. Can I throw one uh, in there as a price rise guy? Sure. Um, Nana uh, in midfield, five point five. He got thirteen points last week with a goal. Week before that, uh, he only played forty five minutes, but he got an assist. Um, if he plays, you know, he's only five point five right now, so he's certainly one of those players you can kind of plug in in an auto roost situation without sacrificing too much money. Um, and I think with thirteen. You know, I mean, his ones before are basically like sub appearances, so he should get a price rise out of that um, as long as he doesn't do too bad. So um, def definitely a player to kind of try to fill out your roster with. Yeah, I was going to point out Tommy Smith got that goal this last <clears throat> week as a defender. He's going to have a nine on his three-game average for sure, or three and five game, and that's going to be the first score. So depending on how he does in these two rounds, he should be due for the price rise, and I'd expect it to be – Closer to the full point five instead of the one or two. Right. Next game we have DC United versus Portland and then versus New England. Mike, this game's yours. We mentioned Hamid coming back, but we haven't talked about Vitas yet. Yeah, and that's one of the more interesting ones. Uh, I have Vitas in my team right now. He's only five million. Um, I think he's going to play. Um, 
I don't think they made this trade to have him sit on the bench. It's not like they really need depth. They need um, good starter players. And what we've seen from Vitas is that he's decent. And I don't think there's been a whole lot much um, out of the out of their out of their fullbacks to really say like, oh, he should bet, he should sit. Um, so I would not be surprised to see him play both games. Um, other than that, it's kind of hard to really pin down any DC defenders as being good. Um, they tend to concede goals even to bad teams, uh, even at home. Um, and I mean, playing Portland, you know, even though it's a Western Conference team, having traveled that far, uh, we know what Portland can do on the counter. Uh, and as long as Valeri plays, Portland is very dangerous. Uh, now, New England had we didn't. I don't think we talked about it in the opening, but New England had what was the worst result of the week, uh, losing to Philadelphia despite Philly having the Open Cup match midweek. Uh, so I think they're kind of struggling a little bit. Um, to me, one of the bigger questions for DC is how much Rooney plays. Uh, we kind of joked about Rooney looking like he was running with molasses uh, on the highlight goal, but I, I don't know that he gets the start midweek. I, I kind of see him being on, coming off the bench, um, kind of hoping that with Portland maybe playing a little bit more defensively, that's a game that, frankly, DC is okay with drawing because they got the three points against Orlando. Um, <clears throat> so we... Rooney, I think, is the big one. Everyone else, I think, is good to go. Um, I think generally Acosta, I mean, we, we know he's going to be getting a price rise because he got a hat trick, so he's pretty much guaranteed for a price rise. Um, the other players I've kind of looked at, I, I'm, I'm not all that impressed with. I, I think there are better solutions, even if even despite them having uh, at home. But, I mean, we uh, Reed already talked about Acosta, um, not, not Acosta, Assad, and... Stiber and, and players like that. And to, to me, they're not as good consistently as some of the other options you have. So True. I'm not loading up on DC. Um, but I mean, I think Acosta is a must have. I think kind of throwing in one or two players uh, on, on their defense is kind of the way to go, like in auditory situations. So that's kind of how. Uh, do, do Are we doing uh, actual pick score lines for each of these games? Um. You guys can if you want to with the double game. I thought that might be a bit too much to juggle. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the one other name, if you did want another cheap defender, you've got Fisher. I think he's 5-1 or 4-9, something like that. Um, well, my, my, and my concern with Fisher is that he's replaced by Vitas. That's <laughs> true. I, mean, yeah. depending on, I think it depends on when where, he plays. Where they get locked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you get one game out of Fisher, you may get that price rise from him. Um but if Vitas comes there, if they start to split that time, that might be the question. But he's the other cheap defender that people might want to keep in mind as they're watching lineups. Uh, Blaine, LAFC versus Real Salt Lake and then versus Colorado. So, yeah, this is one of those uh, juicy matchups here offensively. I know um, RSL's got a decent defense. Colorado on the road, we kind of hinted at in the first part. I think this is where you can really load up on some attackers. Uh, Vela's got to be the first name that comes to mind when I look at this roster or these two games. Um, he is definitely somebody that's going to be in my lineup this week. Um, Rossi and Blessing, either one, they're kind of rotating a little bit, so I wa I'll watch that. But depending on the lineups, I could see either one of them making my roster. But the, the obvious midfield choice to me is uh, Benny Fellhaber. Um, he is just racking up points without doing a whole lot going forward, not getting the assists and the goals, just putting up solid numbers, should get you the price rise again. And just over two games, we talk about the defensive midfielders being viable, and I think he's more than viable this week. He's almost viable outside of a double game week, so to take him this week on the double game is probably a safe bet. Um he is at 9.5 million at the moment, which does price him out compared to some of the other players like Acosta for um, Colorado, who is still only at 8.5. Um, the interesting one that I'm looking at, and there was a question on Reddit about this, are any of the double game week defenders worth it? And outside of the standard that you get four points for a double game week, if they go the full 120 plus hopefully a couple of bonus points, and that pretty much equaling a clean sheet performance from a single game week player. I think LAFC's got your best chances for a uh, clean sheet this week. I think they could shut down either one of these teams in one of the games. I wouldn't look for the double shutout this week from them. 
but I expect Simon to get at least the um, what, what am I saying? At least go 120. Uh, he may go the full 180. I don't know. It depends on how much they're doing. LAFC is in the middle of a five and fifteen stretch, and that's going to conclude with these two games. So this is going to be, or maybe the CRSL game. That's a, no, it's going to be both of these games. So that's a, that's a lot of miles on the legs. So we'll definitely watch the rotation for the guys who are getting rotated. Um, I think defense is going to kind of get back to normal. I think they thought they could shut down Kansas City without the extra firepower, and they may look at it this week. But Plata's coming on strong for RSL and Acosta for um, Colorado. I think they're going to have to respect both of these teams. And so I expect some good production here. Um, I'm looking at doubling or even tripling up on defense here. So that answers the one um, Reddit question. Are they worth it? I think this game is the one I'm looking at, or this team is the one I'm looking at most for my defensive options from the double game week. And they do need to take this game seriously. Uh, LAFC is currently sitting at fifth in the West, and a few teams are knocking on that door. Uh, so these are both conference games for them, so definitely something to take serious. Uh, moving on to Portland, I've got this one again, uh, at D.C. and then at Sporting Kansas City. Uh, general thoughts here from me. If you didn't hear yet, Viafania is back in Portland, so he's back into the mix, and a double game week could be a time uh, for him to ease back into this team, uh, maybe a little defensive rotation on uh, on the coming, and that's going to give them uh, a nice little offensive burst coming out of the back as well. Uh, Valentin is who I think is a likely rotation. Viafania plays on the left, and that's where he's at. I don't see uh, Viafania moving up into midfield to replace any of those guys right there, so uh, I think that budget option might not be uh, available much longer. Fortunately, though, Villafania himself, I believe, is is pretty reasonably priced, and I thought I had that written down, but I did not. Uh, yeah, he's at 6.5, so it saves you a little money on some of the other Portland defenders, um, one to consider. Still, though, I think this is going to be uh, a fairly, fairly rough game for Portland. They've got a tough defense, and they've done well even on the road. This is going to really test them. Uh, probably going to mostly bunker here as well, as these are not teams in their conference. They're going to want to try to hold on to some of that lead right there. And they've got a big Cascadia game coming up in round 26. So I think we'll see a lot of guys play uh, likely in the D.C. game and maybe see some rotations happen with Sporting Kansas City so that they have time to uh, to rest up before the Sunday game that they have in round 26. So maybe guys pulling around 100 minutes for most of them. They don't rotate a lot, so I think you're pretty safe to go with most of the Portland uh, starting players, but I don't think you really need to load up a lot with Portland this week since this is a double away game. Um, fantasy picks, if you want to go big, you can always go with Valeri. I, he's not in my team right now, uh, but he's he's always a guy who can make stuff happen. Uh, Viafania, if you want to go with a flyer right there. Cascante, if you want to go with more reliable center back uh, trying to hope get some price rises because i think portland's still going to rise guys they've got great pretty much everyone has great three and five game averages so i think if you want to just throw in a couple of guys here even if they stay on your bench you're going to get some point rises out of them if you want a safe budget guy in your midfield take a look at chara um i, I bet he goes 120 if, if they all do <laughs> he'll probably even play the full 90 in, in the cascadia game as well but chara's a beast get some good point totals you may get 10 to 12 from him. Just having an average game, uh, not bad for a double game week player, I have to say. Mike, let's move on with the final double game week team, Real Salt Lake at LAFC and then at Houston. Well, RSL is a team that's really struggled on the road. Um, and them being unable to get three points against Montreal at home really means that they, they've got to get something out of this um, road trip. Um Unfortunately, I don't see a whole lot of opportunities for that for them to do it. I think LAFC is a much better team than they are, um, and I, I think that they will probably concede a lot, and I think they'll struggle. Um, kind of the same thing as Houston. I think that they'll kind of get frustrated by Houston's uh, defense and, and kind of give up some quick goals uh, on, on the counter. Um, so I'm not really looking at a whole lot out of RSL. Um, 
you've heard me talk about on the show about how good Rusnak is as home at home. Well, he's the complete opposite on the road. He's pretty much unplayable. So I, I would not go with Rusnak. Instead, I would go to Plata. Um, he's got a tremendous five-game average right now. I think his lowest point total is like eight uh, in that span. Um, he's pretty decently priced, but uh, he's he's creeping up there. Uh, I don't know if I would you know bank him at a price rise because he's risen so much, but um, certainly a good candidate. But the question is rotation. Um, and that's kind of the bad thing about RSL is they're they're better guys or they're older guys. So um, you know, for instance, Kyle Beckerman is a pretty dependable four to five point uh, defensive midfielder. But the last double game week they had, uh, I think he played one minute. So I, I can't really tell him say that he's 120 minutes and quite frankly if he doesn't start both games he's not really worth it for you um so really plata maybe one of their budget defenders like glad or herrera is still good at five um, million and probably decent for a price rise just because he's not priced at a starting level yet um that's really all you're going to get out of rsl uh for, for these two away games Potentially some price rises if you do want to add an RSL a guy in there. Though with uh, if they do concede a couple of times, it might not be pretty. Uh, Glad and Herrera have been doing pretty well. Plata, uh, Kroilich has been doing pretty well, so they may be able to get a price rise even with some bad results. Uh, Romando did rise as well, but I don't know if I'm willing to go with a double away keeper for myself. But I mean, hey, you may be a, a kind of a daring person, but people to keep an eye on if you want to go that route. Yeah, especially at 6.5. It's not like you can yeah, stash him on kinda, the bench right kinda, now. We didn't mention this. <laughs> uh, Hamid is is 6 million. I feel that's a little dirty just coming back into the league. I know he's great, but I, I don't know. 5.5, come on. Come on, Ben. 5.5 would have been, I think, better for Hamid. I don't know. That's just me. Give him some time. And he's already priced as like one of the best key. I mean, because that was the highest. Wasn't that the highest? 6 million? Uh, I think um, I the reset happened. Well, I mean, now he's seven. Oh, with he the reset. Six. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think six was with the reset. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it is. I don't know. A little dirty. All right. That's a double game week, teams. Uh, single game week reviews, guys. I've got one game that I think we can talk about. Uh, that's Atlanta versus Columbus just because, you know, Atlanta. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about? Or do you even want to talk about Atlanta versus Columbus? Should you have a single game week player in your team this week? I say no. I mean, Martinez always makes you think, but uh, Columbus, I think, really shines when they're on the back foot and, and trying to strike and counter. Uh, and that's what Atlanta seems to have more trouble with. Um, so I'm not super high on Atlanta, although, you know, Almiron and Martinez at home. But, I mean, to, to me, the bigger problem is is I know Velo's a good pick. I know Zlatan is a good pick. Um, and so that's pretty much my premium forward. So... And then for you know premium midfielders, am I going to pick a single game week Almiron or am I going to pick a double game week Valeri? And to me, that's easy. I'm going to pick the double guys um, just for I, – I think they have better matchups, and I think you know having the second game just makes it very clear that they're the choices. Any different thoughts, Blaine? Uh, not really. I think the only reason you'd ever pick up a single game week player on a week like this is to fit them into your budget and uh, – possibly allow you to pick up a premium a second premium player or an extra premium player like a valeri i've been toying with that one a little bit do i want valeri and i'm starting to look at single game week defenders just because i can find some better value players there but that would be the only reason why i would even look at a single game week player this week yeah i think your single game week players are kind of like playing the cheap guys in the auto roo spots just so you can try to get a price rise i think that's probably where, where you play with them Nice, very nice. Um, yeah, yeah. So we weren't really bothered with Atlanta, Columbus. I will say, I think everyone should uh, should at least check out the review of the Montreal game. I know it's versus Chicago, so maybe not a great test, but they they made some good moves over the transfer window. They brought in some defensive elements as well. So keep an eye on Montreal. They may be able to have uh, some options in this later half of the season. But yeah, don't don't pick them for this round. All right, guys, yeah. let's move on to our player picks. Did you want to add something to that, Mike? I mean, I was going to say, I mean, there are a few interesting ones like um, Red Bulls on the West Coast and in Vancouver. Um, that's an interesting one. I, I wouldn't pick them. I mean, New York City um, coming off a win at Toronto against Philadelphia, whose defense. So, I mean, there are options, especially with New York City attackers being some of your cheaper options. But, yeah, I mean, you should still pick double game week players. This is a single game week team fact-finding mission. So you're just, you're just running recon this week, everybody. Just <laughs> 
All right, player picks, keepers, Blaine. Minnesota. Yeah, get back over that one. Um, so I forgot to talk about this in the LAFC part, but I've got Luis Lopez tagged right now as my double game week goalkeeper. Um, all the indications, at least on the Sporting Kansas City broadcast, where they brought him in to be one of those starters. You now he may have only gotten to play because Miller played the 120, but at 4.7, if he is the starter, he's definitely the option to go with. Um, <clears throat> If he's not, I'm looking at because um, I'll miss the LA and Colorado kickoff. I'd be looking at either Hamid or maybe Ramondo for a double game week keeper to fill in for him. If Lopez doesn't start, do you pick Miller instead? Yeah, there's a good chance I would go with Miller too. Okay, I haven't Mike. given that too much thought. Yeah, um, I, right now I have Miller. Um, it would probably be whoever starts for LAFC. Although I'd be nervous if I hear something about like, well, Miller can't make the first game, but maybe he can make the second game. Right. Um, and if that's the case, then I might go back on everything I said about get, getting uh, not getting single game week players and go find a single game week uh, keeper. Uh, as for myself, uh, I also have Miller right now in the goal. I, I'm thinking that rotation with Lopez is probably mostly due to Open Cup, but uh, definitely want to keep an eye on like Mike mentioned. Uh, if you do want to do a keeperoo this week with a double game week player, you can do that. Uh, unfortunately, you have to do that with LA Galaxy's David Bingham. And LA has not been that awesome. But they do play the first game on Tuesday, and then they played the first game on Saturday, which is at 4 o'clock. Should end around 6. Plenty more games after that if you wanted to switch to a single <laughs> game week keeper after. So I'm not going with that. I'm planning to just go with Miller or whoever's in LA. Uh, if not, we'll do some more thinking and try to post something up with our chalkboard, maybe for our single game we keeper. But for me, it's Miller. Defenders, Mike. I have Simon, uh, Valentin, depending on whether or not he starts, as you pointed out. Um, I'd, I'd like to get Villafania in there if he does start. Um, I have Vitas if he starts, uh, and then I have Herrera on the bench. Uh, as for myself, I have Cascante over with Portland. I have Betashore because I, you know, maybe some offensive opportunities for LA this weekend on defense. He's worked out for me in the past. Uh, I am running Castillo over from Colorado, maybe hoping for some offensive production from him as well for Colorado. And then I have Vitas currently on my bench with uh, an Orlando switcheroo option right there. Blaine. Uh, my current draft has Simon and Beta Shore from LAFC, so I am tripling up on the LA defense there. And then I've got Tommy Smith in there. After the goal, I think he's got the price rise that I want. All right, moving on to midfield. Uh, a lot of switching around for me here, but I settled on a lot of the guys that we've already mentioned tonight. Uh, I have uh, both Acostas, K&L, uh, in my team, so Colorado and uh, DC right there, Kellen, and... Uh, Diego Chara is a late addition I made uh, for my midfield, as I mentioned earlier with my Portland review. Uh, he's got some consistent bonus points that I like. I did pick up on Benny Failhopper, like Blaine was talking about. I was going back and forth between Benny and, and Lee Wynn. Uh, Lee Wynn is 0.5 cheaper, but doesn't have as much consistent production as Benny has had. Then right now on my bench, I've got uh, Sebastian Legette, just because I want to see what happens with that LA game, I'm willing to uh, roll the dice to see what happens with him with one of my auto ruse. Blaine. Yeah, I've got both Acostas in my lineup. Um, I am running with Joao Plata and then uh, JDS for LA. And I'm currently looking for the bench option for my auto ruse. Um, Stiber is somebody that's on my radar. Um, don't quite have the money at the moment to bring in Benny, and I've got three in the back, so Benny's kind of not there. I'm going to have to look at restructuring my defense, maybe drop some on and bring Benny in. So that's where I'm at right now, and I'll try to get a picture out on Facebook or on Twitter before the round kicks off tomorrow so everybody can see kind of where I ended up. No faith in my chalkboard? Okay. Mike? <laughs> um, I, I do have Dosa Costas. Um I have uh, Benny Failhaber, uh, and then I also have Diego Valeri. Um, I'm not as scared as him playing uh, DC uh, on the road as, as Reed is. 
hey, I like those home away games, and I and I look at it hard. I, I, I do too, but the dude's been putting up like double digits regardless. So I'm just and and I must say, it's worth I keep track of these home and away games with the ELO articles that I post, and this has been the worst year in the past. I don't know, like four years that that I've been doing this uh, for that home and away model to actually pan out. So lots of times with my ELO, the teams that have the the higher chance of winning this time this year uh, have not won. So it's it's the the lowest year. Uh, that is since I've been doing it the last four years. So um, mm. I don't know. Maybe this year is just that anomaly that's going to happen. But well, I mean, I will point out that as as long as Valeri plays, he's been he hasn't been as susceptible to home and away splits as some of the other players. So that's true. Uh, forwards, Blaine. Um, I've got Vela and Zlatan in there, and then I've got Corey Baird on the bench. You, Mike. Uh, well, I'm going to throw in I had Nana as a backup uh, midfielder. I just wanted to mention that to round everything out for the mids. And then for forwards, I have Vela and Zlatan. Um, and then I also have Jackson from Colorado on the bench um, just basically to see if he plays and maybe he can get me into the auto route. Uh, for myself, I have uh, Zlatan and Vela, but I have a Orlando placeholder right there right now. So I actually have Vela on my bench to uh, just see how that works out. Uh, so I've got Vitas, Legit and Vela all there on the bench and let the highest two guys come in in my current setup. Captains, Mike. I have Vela. Ooh. Uh, I have Zlatan. Blaine. Uh, Lily picked Vela for me, so that's who I'm going with this week. Oh, well, then, I know, then I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'll, I'll take that into consideration if I want to go against Lily or not. Uh, clean sheet picks for me, um, LAFC in Portland, I think have the best chance of, of getting something. Uh, the other guys, uh, I'm just, I'm just not too sure. So LAFC in Portland for me, Blaine, um, kind of the same way, Mike. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much the same way. I mean, there's not a whole lot of great clean sheets, even among the single game week teams, uh, more, mo- most of your defensive teams are on the, on the road. So yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Basically, just go double game week defenders just because they're going to get you more points. I think um, you're right. I mean, we talked about Montreal made some good good selections, but and they're going to get Chicago, which has suffered. Uh, but like we already mentioned, if you play both games, there's four points right there. If you get, uh, let's just say, one bonus point each round, well, there are six points already. So you're already right there with a single game week player who needs to get a clean sheet. So I just, just don't think it's worth yeah. it either. I mean, if you're looking for the single game weeks, I think your best option is probably Seattle. Um, we've talked to I me mean, next week is Heineken rivalry week. So there's a bunch of midweek games. So LA Galaxy may rotate that game since it's on turf just to make sure that they're primed for their rival. So that's one, one to watch. Um, maybe also Vancouver since the Red Bulls have a double game week next week. They're the only team with a double game week next week. Uh, and both of their games matter a lot more to them than the match against Vancouver. So it wouldn't shock me if the Red Bulls kind of put up um, a B lineup in that game. So those are maybe your chances for a clean sheet. If you want to roll the dice on a single game week player. Yeah, if, yeah, if you're rolling the dice on the single game week player. All right, guys, thank you so much for those player picks and uh, game breakdowns. Uh, I hope everyone found that useful as they're trying to get their team set for Tuesday. The round starts on Tuesday, uh, so get all that double game week action going right there. Next, moving on to community time as we're winding down everything. The MLS Fantasy Insider post head-to-head league. Uh, Fun, fun league this week. Uh, Lots of great scores. Um, Blaine is currently on top of of the list, though there are seven players with a record of 2-0-0, including... Myself, uh, there's also our good friend Hicks, Kyle from MLS Fantasy Boss, who does the XG articles, and our good friend Matt Pollard from Last Word on Sports, who I think we're going to try to get back on the show sometime, maybe in August. He doesn't know that yet because I haven't sent him an email, so spoilers. That's right. (laughs) Um, But yeah, pretty pretty good round. The highest score went to It's a Trap with 104, so we had a triple digit score. Right there, uh, lots of lots of good times. Uh, biggest disappointment of the week, I think, has to go to Mike, who lost his match by just one point eighty four. 
to 85. So, and you want to know how that happened? How did that so happen? So, I got the lead with um, Lucho Acosta, and then it came down to just as long as holding my lead with Leardom versus Chad Marshall. And I was like, oh, it's fine. As long as Chad Marshall doesn't score, it's great. And Leardom is going to get a price rise, whereas I don't know that for Marshall. So, I'm going to keep Leardom. And that's why I lost. <laughs> because Chad Marshall scored that bad. Maybe it's a New York thing because our good buddy Tim also lost 82 to 83. So uh, maybe just at one point lost oh. New York City fans. Mm. It's be a reason it. for us to drink it together again. Yes, be it Red Bulls or FC. Uh, also, the Patreon Seasonal League. Want to give a big shout out to our three winners right there. Uh, Bit Nomad, frequent hanger outer at, uh, there we go. That's a real word. Uh, at MLS Fantasy Boss group chat also on uh reddit and he, on twitter from time to time right there bit nomad came in first place so congrats man for that hg came in second and then our good friend alex rosheim is rounding out in third place uh-uh. sorry alex is pretty pretty top player so he did not take the number one spot this this year but congrats to you three i'll be working on getting you guys some prizes uh, as associated with that uh, first season of this year that's all that we have for the show tonight. Hope it was very helpful because games start Tuesday. Again, Tuesday game start. Uh, now we're going to have our plugs. Blaine. Uh, nothing from me this week. Oh, all right. Mike. <laughs> At MLS Injury News. There we go. And uh, I already mentioned I'm not going to have an article this week at MLSsoccer.com, but there will still be player rankings over there from our good friend Skyler. Um, and you can also check out r slash fantasy MLS for all the articles that pop up there. MLS Fantasy Boss will have its full lineup of articles. I believe I haven't gotten confirmation on the XG yet, but ELO is already posted. I'm going to be working on the charts after this podcast has been recorded. So check out everything and get your team set before Tuesday. That's right. Again, I'm saying it. Tuesday games start. Get your team set. Good luck. <laughs>